0: So the U.S. census taker is uh, in the deep south in a rural area, and he's going from house to house and uh, taking the census. So he's walking up the path to some old country house, and he sees there's a fellow sitting on the porch in a rocking chair, Seems like this is what this guy does. He just sits in front of his house, on the porch, in the rocking chair. And uh, as the government worker, the census taker, comes walking up, the guy sitting on the porch notices him. He says, hey, what do you, You he sees a stranger, a city-looking guy. What are you looking for? Can I help you? He says, I'm uh, from the Census Bureau. The guy on the porch says, "Uh, I don't know what that is. He says, oh, it's very simple. I'll explain. Every 10 years, the government sends out people like me to go door to door and find out how many people live in this country. The guy on the porch says, oh, you got the wrong guy. I have no idea. Okay. Every country takes a census. It's a normal thing. Yeah, everyone takes a census. Sure. Just a regular thing that every society does, every modern society, perhaps even every ancient society. It's, it's not a new thing, it's not a unique thing, a census, okay. In this week's Parsha, Parsha is by Midbar, we read about a census, and the question is what is unique about the Jewish census that Hashem commands Moshe Rabbeinu to take of the Jewish people? So we start off this week's Pasha. <speaking in Hebrew> Hashem spoke to Mesha in the wilderness of Sinai. <speaking in Hebrew> count, lift up the heads, that means take a head count. Count how many Jews there are. <speaking in Hebrew> you and your brother Aharon. Ve'idchem, and with you, meaning if you need help to count the entire nation, you, there will be ish ish lamate one man from each tribe, ish reish leves of the head of each house of fathers, meaning the tribal chieftain. Okay, so right there, we actually have revealed to us what is unique about the Jewish census that... Hashem commanded Moshe to take. What's unique? So without casting any, uh, without speaking disparagingly of people who are census takers, it's good honest work, so I wouldn't disparage it, but you've been a census taker. Okay, so that's I have a great question for you. How much training and or vetting is there to qualify? They give you a math test and a reading test. They give you a math test and a reading test. Can you count and can you read? Okay. So it's actually very interesting that someone here has actually qualified as a census taker. Okay. It's not the hardest test you ever took. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. So that's, and that makes sense because the work itself really is not something that requires a specialization, right? It's can you count? Can you read? And that's basically it. So, and and what difference does it make who does the work? Here in the Jewish census that Hashem commands Mesha to take of the Jewish people is something very, very strange. Hashem tells Mesha ahara You and your brother, meaning the number one and the number two guy in the whole nation. And if you need help, oh, I got some workers for you, the heads of each tribe. So this sounds like the A-list at the state dinner party. It doesn't sound like, uh, you know, just let's hire some workers. Let's find people who are available. You know, anyone who can read, anyone who can count. This sounds like you couldn't get any more specialized, more qualified, more elite than this staff. And it begs the question why? It doesn't think about it like this. The purpose of the census is to produce a number, to get a count. The bottom line is the bottom line. So, what difference does it make if somebody like my, should have been who did the counting, or if anybody knows how to count did the counting? Really, it produces the same number. If you want to talk about the practical Result of the census, it produces the same number as long as the person knows how to count. Obviously, a person doesn't know how to count; you're going to get the wrong number. But anyone who knows how to count, you're going to produce the same number. So, what difference does it make? Why does Hashem have to be matriach? Why does He have to burden the the, the, the someone of not the likes of Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu himself, literally Moshe Rabbeinu, a prophet, the greatest of all prophets, one who speaks face to face with God? You, I want you to go around. 10 to 10 and count. So here's the lesson to us, the eternal lesson to us. There was once a college kid. At a, he was taking one of these big tests, you know, a final test, blue book test where they write in the, the essays. It was the end of the semester. And it was a big hall, like a big lecture hall with a 1,000 students. One of these big, you know, 101 survey courses. And uh, they had two hours to write the essay, and at the end of the two hours, the professor who's sitting at the front of the, uh, the room, says, okay, pencils down, everyone stop writing. And this one guy, he just, he wrote, just, you know, one, finished one little pencil stroke. And the professor spots him, he says, you up there in the 20th row, I said pencils down and you kept writing. Don't hand in your blue book. He says, it was just one pencil stroke. He says, I don't care. I said pencils down and you kept writing. Don't hand in your blue book. He says, if I don't hand in my blue book, what happens? He says, you get a zero on the final. And you probably fail the whole course if you get a zero on the final because it's a third of your grade. So the student stands up from his desk in the 20th row of the lecture hall and he starts walking down the aisle, down toward the front of the, the hall. And he says to the professor, excuse me, professor do you have any idea who you're talking to right now? The Professor says, I don't know and I don't care. He says, no, 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 I just want to get this straight. Do you have any idea who you're talking to right now? He says, young man, I don't know. And I don't care. There are no favorites in this classroom. I don't care who you are. I don't care who your parents are. He says, no, 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 I just want to know. Tell me, yes or no? Do you have any idea who you're talking to right now? He says, no, I have no idea who I'm talking to right now. The, professor, the, the student says, perfect. He goes to the pile of blue books, takes his, puts it in the middle. Walks out of class. That's good. Okay, as long as you don't know who you're talking to, that's great. Okay. Do you have any idea who you're talking to? If you knew who you were talking to, you would speak differently. When we approach a Jew, we have no idea who we're talking to. You know why? Because what's a Jew? Is it a race? Is it a culture? Is it a language? Is it a nationality? A passport? Is it a religion? It's none of those things. Because (laughs) at the end of the day, you have Jews who don't share all of those qualities together. Um, You have Jews who, God forbid, who denounce Jewish faith and and are still Jews. You have Jews who... uh, I mean, I don't want to say painful things, but you, have pe- you can have people who are, have Jewish DNA or descended from the Jews and because of intermarriage are no longer Jews. You, 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 you have Jews who are, who are Jews, halakhically completely Jewish, and don't know they're Jews, don't identify Jewishly. What I'm saying is all the things that we use to, to sort of define any people, the qualities of the Jewish people are like, it's, it's, it's very elusive. You know what language does a jew speak at home what what passport do they hold what, 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 what you can't even say what religion do they practice because, because unfortunately you know they may not be practicing judaism and 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 still they remain jewish and and, and so it's and, and and then conversely you could have a non-jew who just decides to start practicing judaism you know, he starts learning and he davens three times a day and but he never converted halachically, he's not, he's not, and he's not Jewish. So he's doing the Jewish stuff, but he, he's, he's not Jewish. So it's so weird. You can have someone who is Jewish and not behaving Jewishly, someone who's behaving Jewishly, but they're not Jewish. What is the definition of a Jew? And, and basically, when you, when you come down to it, you have to say it's a metaphysical condition. It is the presence of a neshama, the neshamas that Hashem uh, gave to us at the Revelation, at Har Sinai, 3,333 years ago, I think it is now. And uh, Jewish identity is all a spiritual thing, you know. So if, if it's, a, it's a, it, my point is, if Jewish identity is a totally spiritual thing, who's to say who's a great Jew, who's a lesser Jew? These are spiritual things. We have very little comprehension of these are otherworldly things heavenly things so what we do know is we know what we don't know we we know that we don't have any idea who we're talking to (laughs) when you talk to a jew you meet a jew on the street excuse me sir are you jewish would you like to put on filling you know one of those encounters who's great Who's higher? Who's lower? You know, we have no idea. Don't assume, because I'm the one who, who put on tefillin already today, and I'm helping you to put on tefillin. We know nothing about this stuff. This is totally off-the-charts spirituality. Okay? You want to talk about who identifies more Jewishly, who behaves more Jewishly, who, you know, who can read Hebrew more fluently, but that's not what defines a Jew. That's not what defines a Jew. What defines a Jew is, like I said, that metaphysical condition, the presence of the neshama. And when it comes to neshama stuff, we have no clue. So what we have to know is what we don't know, that when you're speaking to a Jew, you have no idea who you're talking to. But what we do know is he must be pretty important. You know, the Pope once came to Boston. He landed at Logan. And the limo driver picked him up. And they're out on the highway, and the Pope starts begging the limo driver, let me drive. I haven't driven since I became Pope. Let me drive. So the, pope, uh, so the, the limo driver is a good Catholic. He just want to say no to the, to the pontiff. So he says, okay, if I pull over, he lets the Pope get behind the wheel. The Pope takes off. He's going 90 miles an hour. Gets pulled over by the uh, Massachusetts uh, state trooper. So state trooper O'Reilly pulls over the limo. He gets out, O'Reilly, a good Irish Catholic, he gets out of the limo, he walks over, taps on the glass, window rolls down, he sees who's sitting behind the wheel, the Pope. He recognizes the Pope, he's Catholic, he sees the Pope. Without saying a word, O'Reilly turns around and goes back to his squad car, he gets on the radio, he says, Captain, I made a big mistake. He says, what? What's a big mistake? He says, I pulled over somebody important. He says, who? Who did you pull over who's important? He says, someone pretty big. He says, how big? He says, really, really big. He says, who, the mayor? He says, no, 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 bigger than the mayor. He says, who, who, the governor? He says, "Mm, bigger than the governor. He says, who, the president? He says, bigger than the president. He says, who, who's bigger than the president? He says, I don't know, Captain, but the Pope is his driver. Okay. When you speak to a Jew, how great is a Jew? I don't know, but I'll tell you what I do know. Moshe is his census taker. That's the lesson. I can't tell you how great a Jew is because it's a spiritual thing. And I have no clue how to estimate, how to evaluate these spiritual things. But what I can tell you, the way, where I get a glimpse of it, where I catch a little bit of a an idea, is, look, I know Moshe is pretty great, how great? Again, I don't know, but as great as I can imagine someone being, and this Moshe Benu personally goes and counts this Jew. That's the lesson to us. The lesson of the Jewish census, the reason why they didn't just uh, say anybody who, you know, looking for part-time employment, come on, you can be a census taker, make sure you know how to read, make sure you know how to write. No, no, no. Hashem says, no one less than Meish Rabbeinu, if you need help, Atavaharayin, you and the number two guy, you and the kohen Gadol, the high priest, you can do it. Oh, if you need more help, Ish ish lamate, you could have the head of each tribe. Because when we're dealing with Jews, nothing less will do than five-star treatment. And this is a lesson to us. This is a lesson to us. How to regard Every single Jew. Now, Bamidbar always comes before Shavuos. Shavuos is the anniversary of the giving of the Torah. So we're getting ready to relive Sinai. We don't just commemorate it, we relive it. ha Mo'elu, these mo and They're not just remembered, they are relived, they happen again. What is the, what is the concept of the revelation at Sinai, Jewish unity. That the Jewish people were united when they gathered at Sinai. In fact, it was unique, the level of unity. It was unprecedented before and it wasn't replicated after, but it was a precondition to the giving of the Torah because in order for Hashem to give the Torah, every single Jew had to be present. And when Hashem gives the Torah, not only... Is every single Jew there? And by the way, not just every Jew who lived then, but every Jew who would ever live. All the neshamas of the future, and even of the righteous converts, were all present at the giving of the Torah, every single Jew. And not only is every single Jew present, but Hashem then reveals himself, and what does he say? <speaking in Hebrew> I am the Lord, you got to took you out of Egypt. The Rebbe once spoke about this. It was the week of Parshish Yisroi when you, when you read the Ten Commandments. And the uh, Rabbi gave this really powerful image of a, imagine a, a little baby in a, in a stroller whose mommy took him to shul, or her, to shul, him or her. And, and 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 they're reading the Ten Commandments in Shul, and they're reading the very words that God Almighty said when He revealed Himself to the Jewish people. <speaking in Hebrew> and and is singular, possessive, second person pronoun in the singular. I am your God, your personal God. Not collectively the God of the Jewish nation, but you personally. And Hashem is speaking to that little baby sitting in the stroller. And the Rebbe describes it. It's, it's, it's something of a meditation, if you allow it to be. You, yeah. Mm. I see people here. No, it's a different camera, but I see, I see people here.
1: There's two you different things.
0: Faces the camera, we hear him. You have to face the camera, so. I shouldn't move. I'll turn out to move. Now they hear you. You have to face back, face to the computer. Yeah. Okay. So, uh regarding the Aneka shamalakacha, the Rebbe even mentions there that in English we don't have a We don't have different second-person pronouns for singular and plural. In the South, they do. You know, they have y'all, right? But officially, we don't have a plural second-person pronoun. We just say you. You can be singular or plural. So the Rebbe says that when you're teaching this to a child, you actually, you know, if if your language is English, you're speaking English, you actually have to go out of your way to explain to the child, Right, it's not aleichem, it's ale kecho, and that means Hashem is speaking to you, to you, the individual, dear child, and that this is the basis of the chinuch of the education of the child, to know that when Hashem revealed Himself, it was on a personal level to to every single Jew. So this is this is our preparation. This is our preparation for mountain Torah you want to receive the Torah I mean we all obviously we want to receive the Torah what does that mean to receive the Torah It means we want to allow infinite wisdom to be our guide in life we want Hashem's plan to be our guide in life okay we all want that all right fine so what do we have to do what's the prerequisite Jewish unity and Jewish unity means the recognition <coughs> that every single Jew is indispensable and indispensable in a way that we cannot even fathom because We have no clue who we're talking to. All I know, all I can begin to estimate is, look, I don't know how great this guy is, but I can tell you one thing I know about him. Moshe Rabbeinu himself was his personal census taker, so he must be something pretty great. I'll tell you one more thing in connection with this whole idea, especially regarding Chinuch, about education of children. Uh, I had a teacher who went into Yichidus in a private audience with uh, with the Rebbe, and uh, to his credit, he admitted that he was losing his cool with his with his children. Like he was he was letting them get under his skin. He was, you know, losing his temper. So you know, I, that, first of all, I, I'm just in awe of the honesty. You know, that somebody would tell the Rebbe that and 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 ask for for help. So it's very interesting. What did the Rebbe say? I'm giving a webinar right now, in parenting, a parenting webinar, which, Baruch Hashem, we got we had like 100 mothers signed up for the... Yeah, it's amazing. For the women's... In six weeks, we're going to have the men's. We'll see how many... <laughs> we had 100 mothers, so probably the ratio, we have like three guys. No, actually, Baruch Hashem, we already had 10 guys sign up, and, the, and it doesn't start for another five, six weeks. So, Baruch Hashem, maybe there's hope for us. Anyways... Uh, oh, and if you're interested more about the webinars, you can go to soulwords.org slash parenting. Soulwords.org slash parenting and you can see more about the, the parenting webinar. At any rate, so um, so this, this teacher of mine, uh, he, he went into the Rebbe and he told him he loses a cool with his kids and he doesn't know what to do. So the Rebbe told him, it's interesting, you know, everyone wants parenting tricks and tips. They want to be told like, do this, do that. The Rebbe didn't tell him anything to do. The Rebbe told him something to think. It's much deeper than just a behavior it's a it's a it's a it's a point of view meaning change your perspective don't 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 change your behaviors change your perspectives and automatically if your perspective changes your emotions will change and your behaviors will change so what did the rabbi tell him i was bunniness in them you should meditate The ever told him to meditate it's very interesting i'm losing my cool with my kids okay meditate meditate <laughs> i need i need practical tips yes that's practical meditate and the rabbi told him what should he meditate on You are children to the Lord your God. You should meditate on the fact, Who are these children? These are Hashem's children. So the Rebbe didn't tell him, When you get mad, count to ten, Take a walk around the block. The Rebbe told him, Meditate. Change the way your brain is perceiving these children. Realize these are not just your children. These are Hashem's children. And when you'll realize who you're talking to, Automatically... You'll have a completely different reaction to that. So it's not just like, well, I, I really wish I could scream at you, but, you know, uh, I'm going to go take a walk around the block till I cool off. No, when you realize, who are you are talking to? I'm talking to Hashem's child. I'm talking to someone who's royalty, who Mesher Rabbeinu is his own census taker. Then the reaction from the very beginning is a different reaction. So this is, this is the lesson. Not just to change how we treat people. Don't speak Lush and Hara. You know, don't speak Lush and Yeah, yeah. But secretly, I'm thinking the Lush and Hara, but I don't speak it. No, no, no. Change your perspective. Change how you see the Jew so that you don't even think bad about them. Okay, tell me something good about them. I don't have to tell you something. See, that's what you're not getting. You think this is a regular interpersonal human relationship where there are good people and bad people, and some people have midas some people have midas Tell me something good about, about him. Make me respect him. I don't have to tell you. I don't care if he's Bernie Madoff. I don't care what he did. If he's a Jew, then you have no clue what you're dealing with. You have no clue who you're talking to. There's a neshama there, and maybe sometimes that neshama is in a deep, 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 deep gullus, which nebuch only makes it even a greater rachmonis. But the neshama is a neshama, which is a chelik elikami ma'amamash. You're dealing with a Jew, you have no clue who you're talking to, so just remember that. And be in awe of that. And if we'll really, really think about it, like hasboninus in them, a meditation, to really contemplate it, then... (coughs) our, not only our behaviors towards other Jews, but our, our thoughts about them, our feelings about them, our perspective of them will be completely different. And this includes, first and foremost, the people who it's hardest to do this for, which is our own children, and the people who are near and dear to us, and the people who live under the same roof as us, because those are the people who usually get the brunt of our, our judgment, unfortunately. But uh, that's what it's all about. You have no idea who you're talking to. This person, I can't tell you how great they are, but I know one thing. Meish Rabbeinu was his census taker.